graduate a year ago, December? Yes. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to hear like everything. I want to hear how your books are. I want to hear how your love lives are. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Tell me something. Welcome to a very special Zoonotable Tell Me a Story. I'm being joined by three remarkable, insanely skilled writers, Isabel Castro, Lauren Trantham, and who you just heard from, Carrie Kenner. The four of us were part of a program called the Narrative Project. And the Narrative Project is a, it's a nine-month program that helps you get your book written. And they put us in groups and the Four of us were in a group together with our coach, Dana. I think we call each other for the badass women. And when I would attend other write-ins and I would talk to some of the other writers, I just got this impression that some people were struggling, but we were rocking it <laughs> every every month. Our, our pieces were so strong and I could just see everybody's book coming together so wonderfully. And again, made me super excited and honestly, I think this, that program helped kind of inspire this podcast in a, in a way of like, I want to share people's stories. I want to, I want to inspire others to, to read more, to expand what they're reading and also to tell their stories. Um, that is the big thing. I think Cammie, who runs the narrative project is all about, she's like, wants people to tell their stories. And then at the end of it, at the end of it, we all get our our book our our stories. You know, not the entire book, but our stories are published in a single volume that she calls True Stories. So this is volume five. Yeah. So, but I've I've reunited the, the badass warrior women <laughs> for our little reunion to discuss our stories and to celebrate our achievements and so we're just kind of catching up and reminiscing about our experience and how we're doing and talk about the power of story but it is great to see you all again it's been it's been some time and i know that there everyone's been working really really hard I have to tell you guys, when the anthology book came, my mom, she was so sweet. She read all of your pieces. Like she didn't read the whole book, but she was like, okay, who else was in your group? She read all of them. She loved them so much. Oh. She was like, you really were in there with some amazing women. I'm like, I know, I've been telling you. Oh, that's so awesome and sweet. Well, now I've, I've got you, Lauren. Why don't you tell us, why don't you kick us off with telling us how things have been going? It's been a while. Uh, I've missed you. How's your book and how's your writing and how's life? Yeah, I mean, my 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 goal was to have my first draft done by the end of the year. That's why I said I cannot believe it's January. I'm pretty close. I'm in Arizona. So I have uh, maybe like another chapter in Arizona and maybe two to three chapters in California. And then I think I'm done. Maybe not even two. Yeah, maybe two chapters in California and then some sort of a final chapter. So I'm close, but I've... Without, I don't know, you guys know this about me, without a due date, I am nothing. Since we finished the next chapter in November, I, I've only written maybe 10,000 words or something, maybe less. We even did a write-in this morning and I just looked on Pinterest the whole time. <laughs> so it was just not good, but I'm close. I'm really close. I think I'm putting it off because I'm really 
daunted by revisions, truly terrified. <laughs> but uh, I'm close. I'm close. I like how you count chapters by state. <laughs> like yeah. One chapter in Arizona, two chapters in California. <laughs> right, because there's these scenes of things that happen in those states. So, um, yeah, I have I have done one chapter in Arizona, I have one more, and then, yeah, so. Whew. Couldn't have done that without you guys. Okay, Isabel. <laughs> All right, jumping in. Uh, I don't know. It's been a wild year. I did I did the next chapter with Lauren. I was in her group, and so I kept writing. You know, like I made some progress on the writing, but I also I felt like I'm still processing so much of my story, or maybe I'm even like like living out the last parts of it. How how is your book? Because I remember you were starting to do it as a self-help book but then was it also morphing into a memoir yeah it's more memoir and then maybe like I weave in how how like the Ayurvedic stuff has helped me there might be parts that are like every few chapters there might just be like a little insert of like talking about Ayurveda in a kind of like a magical way or something take your time I know your book's going to be amazing, though. Yeah, I have to say, um, Isabel submitted, like, some incredible pieces this year, you guys. Like, really beautiful stuff. I know you're not surprised, but I had to let you know. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I had the same experience. It's like, how can I be crying at this story that I already know, like, right, how it goes and how it ends? But it's so, it's so touching. It's so beautifully written. Yeah. Well, Carrie, speak of the devil. How how's your book? When our group, when we were graduating, I was talking, trying to, I was talking to an agent, and they just kind of dropped me and didn't get back to me, so that was disappointing. And I'd done all that work to write my um, the proposal, which was so much work. And um, and so I talked with Lisa in Feb, Lisa Daly in February, and I talked to a couple of hybrid publisher types. And her, hers was clearly the best option. So I said, okay, I think I'm gonna go with you. But I was waiting to get my second round of beta reader feedback back. And they were late and I was on vacation and it was just, it just felt like it was withering. Went um, on this amazing three month road trip this summer. And I told myself, you don't have to do anything with your book until you get back. But when you get back, you have to get on it. And so I get back from vacation and I emailed Lisa and I said, help. And I don't, don't know what it needs. I don't know what to do. I, and I said, just what you were saying, Isabel, I need a deadline. I need a deadline to know and to know what to do. She goes, send me your manuscript. I'll look at it. I'll tell you what I think it needs. Send it to me by Friday. And it was like, that's exactly what I need. And you know, I sent it to her immediately. And here's the problem. Nobody will finish my manuscript because it's huge. And I get that. She read it and she said, it is too long because it's going to cost you so much to get it printed that you're not going to make anything off this book when you sell it, you know? And I was like, that's a really good point. So she suggested taking a whole bunch of the content and turning it into a, mem a membership, you know, membership content on a website. I was like, oh, that is really interesting because I've 
had people tell me to make a series of books, to make workbooks, to do all these things. Nobody's thought of a membership side, and that is really cool. So I feel reinvigorated. She said, you need to hire a developmental editor to help you figure out what needs to go. And, but I don't think I'm going to even get a, not only do I not think a developmental editor would still read the whole thing, I can't afford to pay a developmental editor to read through what's, I think it's at 170,000 plus words right now. So I'm going to do that. In fact, I, I'm going to this resort for 10 days right now to try to cram a bunch of work to get it done just kind of holding up by myself. And that's one of the things I want to do is go through the manuscript and pull out what I think is obvious and then give the rest to a developmental editor and hopefully get this book published in 2023. Awesome. Yeah, still don't have a published book, but someday. This is the year. This is the year. <laughs> yes, it'd be so cool if all of us got our books published by the end of 2023, it's <laughs> a tall order. So it's my turn. <laughs> I'm, so I had an interesting year. Um, I hit my normal kind of slump at the beginning of the year and didn't do hardly any writing the first few months of 2022. We then moved in the middle of the summer and then it took about another month before I was like, all right, all right, all right, okay. let's, let's, uh, let's get to work. So I started kind of small. I actually have, and I've been doing pretty good since then, but um, since October to December, um, I did finish 10, 10 chapters, and I'd say I'm pretty much halfway done. And wow. I have a minimum every day I write one to 200 words, that's like, I mean, if I write more, obviously I'm, I'm definitely okay with that. But um, I like sit down, I'm like, okay, I have 10 minutes and I'm just going to, I'm going to write. If I do that and I did the calculations, if I do 200 words a day for 2023, that's seven, that 73,000 words. So and if I'm halfway done, then I'm, I feel very confident that I will finish this book this year so then I can get to editing <laughs> and maybe and and hopefully getting it published that's exciting PJ. that's where I am at with my book <laughs> that's a lot of work yeah that's awesome I didn't know that you had made that big switch and yeah it's really cool my book but I yeah I feel confident in saying that book will be finished in 2023. I don't know if it will be published, but it will be on its way. It will. It will get. It will get there. Um, it will get there. And again, same as what you've all said, I would not be where I am if it wasn't for for you. Um, no kidding, all of you. Yeah. I'm so I'm so happy for everybody. So let's switch gears. I, I am curious again to discuss how you felt your experience with the narrative project, with this program that we were in together. How did that change you, maybe even change your life, um, you know, as a writer and just as a, as a, as a woman? Lauren? 
no, I always wanted to write a book my whole life since I was like uh, obsessed with reading from, you know, elementary school. And um, so I've, I've had a book cooking for a long time, but I just didn't know what I was going to write about. And then I guess, you know, they say to write what you know. So I'm writing a memoir about my journey through uh, divorce, emotional abuse, um, narcissistic abuse, and then hu- uh, human trafficking. So it's kind of a a journey of learning about how different types of abuses can go from emotional abuse all the way in this spectrum to the worst of the worst and how I met and photographed a, a lot of human trafficking survivors across the country. And so I, I had been, I did that journey about five years ago and I wanted to write it, but I didn't know how. And, and someone told me about the narrative project and I immediately jumped on it because I had look, been looking for a coach I really believe that um, all things good in life come from good coaching. (laughs) And so, yeah, I was really excited to sign up and just to be like plopped in this amazing um, cohort with such incredible women and everybody telling these really powerful stories. I mean, it definitely changed my life in so many ways. And now I consider myself a writer, not just someone who, you know, used to write every now and then. And so that's been really fun. Um, what is also interesting is our group was already established as like the prescriptive and um, so Isabel, Carrie and I were all writing uh, self-help or prescriptive type books and yours was still memoir but when, as I read some of your pieces and especially when you start talking about again some very deep um, very vulnerable topics uh, such as human trafficking and and the and the abuse, if you don't mind me uh, sharing some of this, um, the abuse that you went through, it literally changed my mind about a lot of things. Um, and I follow you on, I follow you on social media. You're one of the very few people that I follow on social media, and uh, and I and I pay attention. And so you've gotten me thinking about more about how society is like viewing you use women, how society, you know, perpetrates some of these ideals that is dangerous and is also and and, and dehumanizing. Um, I We can go on and on, <laughs> but it really did change my mind. And again, as I said, one of the few people that I follow on social media, because I want to stay more aware and, and, and be part of the solution, not part of per- per- perpetrating the problem. Well, um, my name is Isabel, and I'm I'm I'll try and jump off of um, what you already started, uh, PJ. With I think uh, later when the program was over and and uh, when someone joined our group, kind of for a few sessions, they commented that our group was kind of like a fuck the patriarchy group, or I think also like maybe fuck consumerism um destroying the planet like those were more like um the pj sections but i think everything kind of connected and um yeah i think it it was really wonderful to be in this specific group within the larger group and um to be constantly inspired and encouraged by the pieces that we were receiving and and doing critique on and then also the kind of critique that we were receiving i I kind of circled around the narrative project like Lauren. I I had 
since I was very young, I'd always wanted to write. And, and I kept circling around the narrative project year after year. Um, I had had like a pretty difficult last uh, six years. And so I was writing about that. And um, sometimes I was surprised myself when I would submit a piece and then and then some of you would comment like, oh, this just happened like two years ago or like whatever, not long ago. And it was like, yeah, I guess it's pretty vulnerable. Like, I guess it's still raw. So so for me, it's been like a lot about trying to make sense of the last uh, six years, trying to like make it like somehow fruitful, like transform pain or confusion or whatever into something that can be helpful and relatable. And um, as an Ayurvedic practitioner to like weave in how I use different Ayurvedic tools to like be more resilient. I think it's helped me. I think that my writing process is really grounded in community. Like uh, this morning I was writing with a few writers. And if I know that if I keep in mind that people are going to be reading what I write, that is what gets me going. Uh, this specific piece that I submitted to the anthology, like my dad always wanted to to write. He wanted like our family stories to be out. He was really into genealogy. Like he had all these kind of like un, unrealized dreams. And so being able to tell his story, uh, like, or or our story together. So like, you know, part of his, his journey, but uh, as I experienced it or as I saw it, that is like the most meaningful thing to me. Just to write for my own sake is not as satisfying. You too, Isabel. Like, I think you literally, I needed you at the write-ins all the time because you would ground me. Literally, I would go to these write-ins. We'd have write-ins all throughout the week and my mind would just be all scattered and I'd be like running around doing whatever else but when Isabel is there for some reason we just kind of ground me and I on more than one occasion you would give us a meditation or a an affirmation but like those were some of the most memorable and most helpful things and it really kind of helped change my mind about I, I've had an idea about meditation I like I like meditation a lot I'm not good at it I'm really thrilled to have someone like you that has helped me again feel grounded and feel feel supported throughout as I said before when I was reading your piece we had throughout the year uh, throughout the program we would you know su uh, submit different pieces for critique to get some feedback really strengthen stories and I must have read this piece at least twice during during the time um, but when I read it in the book, I was again tears came came to my head because this is a really touching story how about you carrie so i too like the stories we've heard you know wanted to write a book or write something all my life inspired by my love of reading and all the the words that i got to eat up i wanted to create my own words to feed other people. And I've had quite an interesting life. And my friends would always say, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book. And so like a gazillion other people that had all this time on their hands at the beginning of the pandemic, I said, okay, now's the time I'm going to write this book because I wanted to kind of capture my life 
legacy in this book. And so uh, what I wanted to do is create a book that would tell people how to become a doula by reading a book. I wanted people to have a really affordable, accessible introduction to being a doula through a book. So that's what I started writing. And because I'd been teaching this course verbally for 15 years, it was pretty easy to write it in terms of getting all the words out. But how you teach a class speaking it versus how you teach something writing it are two different things. So it was really hard and pretty easy all at the same time. It was really kind of interesting. I knew that I needed help. I I knew I didn't know what I was doing in terms of writing a book. And Cami and I, the the founder of the Narrative Project, we had been in a women's entrepreneurial group two, three years ago. We met each other and found out we were both from Seattle. And so we'd connected and I'd kind of been following her and I'd heard about her her week, weekend summit that happens the first week of January every year. So that just happened again. And I took that summit and then I took this other course that she offered and then another course that she offered and then realized, oh, she's the one to help me get this book written. And, and then to get to meet this cohort that we got to travel with and learn about each other's work, it was just beyond what I could have expected. So the things that we learned, like how to be a good writer and all the tools that we learned, but then, but this community, particularly, you know, like I think everybody was jealous of our critique group because um, they could see how bonded we were and that we were doing really kick-ass stuff. I mean, like you, you mentioned earlier, each one of us was, it's just really important for the world things that we're writing about. So I finished my first draft during our program. It taught me so much about how to be a good writer. So I was a writer before, now I'm a good writer and I want to be a better writer. But what's really interesting is that in the I fell in love with the act of writing by this program and writing that book. Yeah. I think the other thing that I just want to say is that writing particularly as a woman, is a political act. And again, so much of what we are writing about is political. And so it just feels so important to get our work out in the world. And it's something that Cami talks about and all the coaches talk about. And I just really believe so strongly in that. So... Before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them. So we'll be right back after these messages. I, I did find it interesting that in each of our own ways, we were all writing about healing, about being healed or doing healing, like healing the earth, healing the soul, healing, you know, it just, there is... We call ourselves the warrior women. We should have called ourselves the healing women. One thing I've always, I've been thinking about trying to do, and I'm going to be nowhere near as good at it as Cammy. So maybe I'll just like reel people in and then send them to Cammy. Um, but something that I found writing my own story. So again, writing a very different story than everybody same theme again healing and self-care for me i was writing my stories of how what it was like to work with animals and um i really think 
that was such a powerful story. And that's one of the reasons why I really want to get back into the field because I was remembering all the good times. <laughs> I focused on all the happy memories of working with animals, not so much the, the politics around it, but, uh, but it also reminded me that we have, I mean, no matter who you are now, again, I'm, I'm leaning towards the animal care field, but no matter who you are, we all have and a very important story to tell. And we have stories that matter to other people, not just to us, not just to our family, but that matter. We can tell amazing, we each have an amazing story to tell. And so something that I really want to do is kind of reel in, especially like animal, animal care professionals, to tell those stories about what it's like to work with the animals, what it's like to work with another species that we can't communicate with, what it's like to build a relationship with these animals, what it's like behind the scenes at zoos or at aquariums, what it's like to protect a species, you know, again, whether that's through inspiring conservation or doing actual research and, and caring, and to share those stories and not just so we get more books out in the world, but so we get these stories out in the world. So what's your thought on this? Like, again, not just on my idea, but like, what's your idea on stories? How can stories change the world for you? Okay, Isabel here speaking. I think that that stories allow us to connect in such a rich way where we can share like a part of ourselves, part of an experience of, that we've had and embedded in that are maybe lessons are maybe points we want to get across or uplifting things, uh, challenging things that we want to communicate, but it's hard to just jump into. Like they just allow all the, all these aspects of life to be woven into them. And I feel like it's also one of the most natural things. There was a, like sitting around the campfire and just sharing stories. And I think also that in our society, there aren't that many ways where we are in control of these stories. Like if we go to watch a movie, somebody else, it's usually a white male is in charge of whether they write the story, they get to decide if that story gets made into a movie. And um, like you were mentioning earlier, like in the, in the music, that we listen to like also what gets um put to the top of the charts kind of thing is uh often what like white males like want at the top and so it's just like all these things is like hey i have worth i have something to share too and it reminds me kind of of, of this story pj that you tell of just of giving like even if i get if i just put a little bit out there of like it can still make a difference it can ripple into something else it can um, spark the next thing uh, with the next person. Well, I think so much of like Lauren's work of sharing stories from people who have a story to share. You know, Cami talks about how healing it is to write a memoir. It's, I mean, it's just simply healing to tell our stories. And whether it's it, like humans, our ears are tuned to story more than anything else, I think. And so when we, you know, it's just like, you don't teach little kids about 
the rules and things in a straight way, you tell it to them in a story because that story arc engages us and intrigues us and makes us wanting to see how it ends. So I think it's both for the listener and the when sharing the story, it's it's healing. It it purges us in a way. And I remember a woman that I learned storytelling from, Pam England, she talked about how when you're listening to a story, even if you've heard it before, it affects you differently each time. And so the words are like acupuncture needles, finding just the spot that you need at that moment in time. And yeah, so to be able to capture stories like Lauren has, or to share the story of birth like I have, or Isabel to, you know, the the way that you've shared the story of your family and the love in your family. And PJ, the story of the animals, like in all these different characters. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing that we get to do this. Okay, I'll just piggyback real fast. Um, I think like what you were saying, PJ, it reminds me that we not only have the power to to like to share our story. I mean, if we like we have the choice and and the ability right now to be able to share our stories, but we also have choices in what stories we listen to. And I think that that is something that we can just kind of remember and keep in mind that, you know, it kind of goes both ways. And yeah. I also got piggyback on what we said a, while, a little while ago, but, um, you know, we're all, all of us now call ourselves writers, which I think is probably a very distinct difference between when we started our program and when when we all quote unquote graduated. I like that I, I'm part of another program which we never actually graduate every day is day one <laughs> on, on the, my coaching program. Every day is day one. So we just do it again. I'm like, we sign our contract every single day. I'm going to work towards this. But at the beginning of our program, all of us were like, yeah, I write. Yeah, I write. Now, every single last one of us has called ourselves a writer. I'm remembering this because I just finished rereading Atomic Habits. And there he talks about the habit is an identity. So we're not just going, we're not just writing a book. We're not just trying to finish a book. We want to be, we want to change our identity to be a writer. And I also like to pinpoint um, writing does not include putting pen to paper every single day. It can be the thought process. It can be getting inspired by reading another book or reading each other's work or learning about the craft. Or again, one of my other writing friends says, thinking about writing is good writing. (laughs) So whether we do it every day or not, we are are writers. Uh, Really really commend all of us. And that, that goes for anything that we put our minds to. So once again, a lot of my listeners are are in the animal care field, either trying to get in there or working there currently. And I just want to remind you, that's the same thing. Like, you know, if you want to be a zookeeper, do the things that zookeepers do. Take care of the planet, take care of animals, take care of yourself. And just, you again, be the person that you want to be. And again, practice that on a daily basis. Very well said, PJ. <laughs> I agree. So if anyone was 
in a, in a random conversation were to talk to you about, oh, I have this, have this idea for a story. And what would you tell them? To join the narrative project. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and sometimes people need, for the most part, most people know how to write. You know, they know how to put, you know, like form letters and put words together. And so on one hand, it kind of seems easy. So I like to encourage people to start writing your story and then, it, you know, just, just put stuff down and, you know, don't worry about if it's good or not, just get it out because part of that is that we all know that that's the first step is getting it out. Well, maybe not the first step thinking about it is, but they get it out and then they realize, Oh, this is kind of hard. So then they know that they're going to need some help. So then you steer them to the narrative project. <laughs> um, but the other thing is I find so many people are intimidated by the blank page or the blank screen. Um, and so I, in, when I'm working with clients, I often encourage them to just record and start talking their stories into a recording because everything can get transcribed and then they can, the words are on the page for them. They didn't have to write them. They just spoke them. And then they can start working with the transcripts to put things together. So they're kind of like editing and revising their own words in that way too. And that's another just way to get people over that hurdle. That's really, that's really good. Again, the same as with any, any habit, a you know, step forward is still a step forward. It um, doesn't matter if it's a baby step. doesn't matter if you write 100 words a day. It doesn't matter if you write 2,000 words in a day. Um, just, you know, just start writing. Just start telling your stories and, and sharing. Because, again, we all have a voice. We all have something to share, and we all need. A lot of us need that story. You just don't know who it is that, at this moment, but we all need that story. Thank you so much for sh coming and sharing with me. And, and again, just all the feels again, all the feels again. Um, but we are now published authors. We, <laughs> we are published authors. Our book is called True Stories. It's in volume five. Well, I'll put a link in the description down below for you to pick up your copy, share it. And again, these stories, some of them will speak to you on a very personal level. So there are many more stories than just the four of us. Um, I didn't count however many, but what we had like 30 people in the narrative project. So there's about 30 stories. So there will be something that speaks to you in this book. I, that I can promise each and every one of you. What I really want this to do is inspire everyone to tell their stories, whether that's writing it, whether it's sharing it in some fashion, creating a video, share your story, share your voice, and know that you, again, you have something very, very important to, to tell the world. Thank you for joining me. I'm so pleased to see you. And again, Remember everybody else, everyone out there, keep reading. The more you read, the more you know. The more you know, the more places you go. I'll see you all next time.